Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are not going to beat around the bush here because we have so many games to discuss. But also, I think we have kind of that elephant in the room game that, of course, we will dive into. But before we do that, Mac, you were in Raleigh for the NC State Wake Forest game where the Wolfpack pulled it out. You, neither of us picked the Wolfpack. We got to say that. So how was that experience? It looked, it looked lit. It was awesome, KG. Uh, really great weekend. And it just, you know, it's a good little reminder uh, that anytime we go on the road, it is so much fun. The interaction with the fans, the interaction with the coaches, the players, and you really just get to see those relationships that have, you know, blossomed and grown over the years. And it, it's really, really cool. So we we did, it was kind of a, a dysfunctional, functional array of things this weekend. So I did all ACC on Thursday night. I haven't done that in four years. I uh, helped host uh, ACC PM because Packer um, needs to be in a bubble. That poor man, I feel so bad for him. Uh, and his hurt leg, my goodness, hope he has a speedy recovery. But so I helped those guys. And within that, you know, we, we had Coach Dorn come on. We talked to Coach Dorn for like 21 minutes. And I was just like, this is crazy. Well, you know, I think he likes me a little bit. So he wanted to stay there. <laughs> I think he's also going to send the ACC Network a 1099. And we're going to have to pay him for, for that amount of time on Perhaps. TV. Um, but just to see the environment, to be able to see the kids. Saw big Grant Gibson and was hanging out with him. You know, got to meet MJ Morris in person. You know, at practice, and then of course we interviewed him after the game. Got to see Devin Leary, and and you know just heard about the spirits that he's in from himself, and get to talk to him. And of course, my girl Annabelle SID, she she's just she's one of the best in the entire league. So those are my absolute favorite things. Got to see Boo Corrigan went to his house. The list just keeps going on and on. Oh. And then the game, oh. absolutely, yeah, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. Boo Boo throws down. Um, and then the game just absolutely delivered. The environment was nuts. Coach challenged those guys. They lived up to it. They stayed. They packed it out. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was crazy. It was a chaotic game uh, with, with a really great environment. Things you would love to see more just across the board in the ACC. But Carter Finley just proven time and time again, it's, it's one of the best in the entire league. I saw that picture you tweeted out where they're, they've been doing a lot with the lights this year. Oh, yeah. At Carter That's Finley. Cool. And it's just like red everywhere. <laughs> it's a red which is really I missed cool. a really good one. I think it was post game, if I don't, if I remember correctly. It like goes black and then boom, red comes on and then fireworks and it looks really cool. We were obviously working and talking, so I, I couldn't snap a picture, but that was dope. That, that was a really you cool. Probably could have. Probably <laughs> Just turn around. It's post game. There's no rules in post game. That's a great. That's a great point. Katie. Always true. Always true. <laughs> well, okay, we're we're gonna talk about NC State Wake, of course. But I think we should start with the elephant in the room, and that was the uh, beatdown that Clemson <laughs> took in South Bend. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Notre Dame beats number four Clemson 35 to 14, and the fact that Clemson scored is a miracle. I thought that the Clemson was going to get shut out, and I was wondering if Clemson had ever been shut out under Davis Sweeney, and I, I don't think they, they have. have not, so ever, ever. 
Unbelievable. I mean, I have so many things written down from this game, Mac. I think I think you should let I think you should get it out first. Okay. I think you should get it out first. I've why already spoken about this. Why don't I just read these bullet points I've written down? Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. I'll just start here. Because I rewatched it this morning. Um, oh, because I was oh. at a wedding, because my life. Um, okay. First drive, Bo Collins, two holding penalties, OMG, no chance on first drive. And miss block. And the second play, tackle for loss. So three negative plays for my boy Bo to start the game. Just an unreal start. Then, of course, the block punt. I mean, that, terrible. It reminded me a lot of what happened at Syracuse with the pick six right off the bat. Yep. The next thing I've written down, Mac, went for it on fourth and four with 548 to go in the first quarter. All caps, Y, W-H-Y. I thought that was a ridiculous decision. Um, I, I have a bullet point here, but I'll save that for the end. With one minute to go in the first half, it still should have been 0-0. I have that written down because mm-hmm. the block punch shouldn't have – I mean, it happened, obviously. Mm-hmm. Should be 7-0 at half, which you feel like you can regroup, even though, again, that first half was just so poor offensively. And here's my another thing I've written down, Mac. DJ did not keep the ball on a zone read and run it himself until the 8-20 mark in the third quarter. I believe I'm yeah. right on that. You are. Which is ridiculous, where you don't even present the option to Notre Dame that he's going to keep it. So, of course, they know what's going to happen. The next thing here, didn't convert a third down until 6.41 to go in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. First complete pass over the middle of the field, 11.22 to go in the fourth quarter. That's what I've written down. And then the final thing I've written down is, the, in this game, it's just one game, not trying to overreact, but it was terrible. For Clemson, great for Notre Dame. Um, just two years ago, and I tweeted this out just two years ago, yeah. with the same quarterback, Clemson had two wide receivers with over 130 receiving yards, passing nearly 500 yards in a game. Two years later, your leading receiver is a tight end with 60 receiving yards. You have gone from wide receiver U to screen pass U. Mac, your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think that was super concerning. Uh, the the game plan going in, you know, there was one thing if if you guys remembered a week ago, and and really even on Saturday, kind of my my mindset on the game plan was get the ball out quick, get the ball out of DJ's hands. That didn't mean throw it backwards. That didn't mean just run screens. That 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 implies some screen game, but it also implies some slants, some some quick throws over the middle. It, Something I not, over the middle. Yeah, I just didn't want to see, you know, backwards throws, you know, until the fourth quarter, which was a bold strategy that did not work. Um, I understand the weather was really bad. You know, my father-in-law, brother-in-law, his wife, a lot of people that I know were there, and they said, you know, the wind was crazy, yeah. rain was crazy, and I get that, and, and maybe that limits you, but but still, like, try. Still try to go vertical, I think. Um, and, well, they and did just, try a few times back, and it – they weren't close on any of them. Like it, it's yeah. like the ball wasn't even in the realm of the wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And just so the, the game plan for me w- was very intriguing and you're absolutely right. The lack of quarterback run presence yeah. uh, in the first half was baffling because there was a, there was two or three and I probably should have went through and like graded every play. I kind of do that when it sees really bad losses for the Tigers. Um, there were two or three that I remember that were clear pools that, that just, yeah, you didn't do it. And I don't so, know if it's I- a lack of confidence. I don't know what it is. Can I ask you on that? Because I was speculating, and obviously he had the bad fumble against Syracuse. So that's the only yeah. thing I can think. But he ran, he's run the ball effectively all year. He's run the right. ball better than he ever had last year. He ran the ball well against Syracuse. 
what was that about, Mac? Was that a lack of trust? Was that a fear of fumbling? Like what? I'm so confused I don't know why was, they yeah. didn't have that element. I don't know if it was a fear of, of his performance, a respect of Shipley. Like I'm just giving the ball to this guy and letting him do his thing. It's a really weird combination. And I would love, you know, to be in those meetings and, and to sit in there and, and pick his brain and just think, you know, what the heck is going on here? What, what are you seeing? What are you reading? Why did you make that decision? But you know, unfortunately, I'm not, I, don't, I don't get to do that. But to me, it was there. I mean, it was a clear pull. And, and yeah. you just have to do that. Which the offense, you know, is what it was. It, it, it was a, a poor for performance. It's been up and down. Of course, these last two weeks, you know, you just don't really know what you're going to get. The biggest disappointment to me is the, is the defense and, and the just inability to stop the run. I mean, it, it was baffling to me. And, and, you know, it's hilarious. Jordan Cornette, pregame. The night before, saying, man, I just got this really weird feeling. If Notre Dame can run the ball, they're going to win. I'm like, okay, duh. If they can run the ball, they're going to win the game. But he had this sneaky feeling that they were going to be able to just because of what they had done in the five games leading up to this. And I said, listen, dog, these guys aren't North Carolina. These guys aren't Syracuse. This is your NFL defensive lineman that you're going against. And it didn't matter to Notre Dame. So you have to give them that credit. This offensive line is balling right now mm-hmm. for the Golden yeah. Gomers. And they were pushing guys around, mashing the middle, the backside. There were so many times where Notre Dame ran this like gut type of play where they're aiming at the, the play side B gap and they cut it back and there's nobody there. There's no one home, no linebacker, no backside defensive end, no corner, no safety. And they're just picking up all these chunk yards. Um, and it, it was... I mean, it's truly baffling. I, I've never – this was, I think, in my opinion, the worst, most embarrassing loss that Coach Twinney's ever had. And listen, Ooh, I've been a part of some wow. bad ones. I was a part of the Orange Bowl where, you know, West Virginia scores 70. I was a part of, you know, the game in Death Valley where, you know, one of the best teams ever in Florida State just absolutely embarrassed us on ABC, you know, 51-14. to 14. This was not that. This was a 5-3 and three Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall – I lost to Stanford. You, you can't do that. And, and the way that it happened, the way that it was just absolutely dominated on both lines of scrimmage throughout the entire game. And so for me, it, it's a weird spot that Clemson is in right now. And, and even more weird that it's coming off of a bye week. I mean, when mm-hmm. have we ever seen a Dabo Sweeney-led Clemson Tiger team look like this after a bye? So I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure the mindset. I'm not sure if... Notre Dame just had this perfect plan, which, again, I saw the game. It, it was very simple to me. It was just you got you got bullied. And uh, so at the end of the day, what, what does it look like moving forward at the quarterback position? Because I thought that the timing of that was really weird. I thought when they took DJ out and the fact that they took Cade back out was yeah. really weird. When they put Cade in, like, why are you putting Cade in on the five-yard line? I, I thought mean, that, that was ridiculous. It's a horrible decision to nah. me. Um I have so many thoughts on that, but first I need to pause and I need to turn this light back on because the sun is setting you global standby. Okay. We're back, baby. We're back. That's much better. Um, Okay. I want to talk about the the quarterback situation, but before we get there, I want to respectfully disagree with you. Now, I think it's funny that I'm disagreeing with you and and we're talking about offensive line play. Which part? I just spoke for so long. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous for me to disagree with you when you are talking about the offensive line. That is absurd. That is like someone disagreeing with uh, Jeff Bezos on how to run a massive internet company. Like, that's stupid. But here's what I'm going to say. The Clemson defense only gave up 21 points. Sure. 
You should be able to win the game if your defense gives up 21 points. They gave up, the defense gave up seven points in the first half. I think when you get to that fourth quarter and you see that your offense not only can't do anything, but also doesn't know who they want at quarterback. Like you're just, you put Kate in, which again, I thought was ridiculous. You put him in after DJ's best drive of the game. So odd. And he's backed up. You get to a point where, okay, after that pick six, I'm a defensive guy. I -hmm. I don't know what to do anymore. So Mm -hmm. I, I am not as disappointed in the Clemson defense as perhaps you are, but you're also more familiar with how an O-line can scheme up a D-line. I just, I feel like you gave up 21 points and then that should, that should work. Sure. But the, the 260 rushing yards is where that's I'm fine. At. That, but you gave up 21 points. points. Yeah. But that that's just that points win the game as a man, as a man, I'm not giving up 260 okay. rushing and I get yards. That. Like that's just, you just can't do that. You, you can't yeah. do that. I totally get the points thing. And it's, it's, that's one of those things where it's like, you see those points and you're like, man, we're, we're doing pretty good. Then you're like watching and you're like, man, we're getting our butts kicked. And you can't like, argue. We are getting kicked in. I agree. And, and so, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I totally understand. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, to have 14 points not scored on your defense is, is crazy. And then it is that kind of backbreaking thing. So th- this is a, a very weird situation for Clemson. It is a really weird time where you're hearing Coach Sweeney post game and, and hearing his thoughts and, and the things of him just saying, like, this is the, one of the most disappointing days I've ever been a part of as a head coach. And so there's a lot of different factors in this thing that it is very intriguing to see next week because a very hot Louisville team is coming to town. Very hot. And knows who they are. And is very confident in their abilities, their defense, and what they're doing right now. You got to get ready because there's still a lot of season left. Clemson clinches and all of this craziness. They're going to Charlotte. The playoff is not out of the question. I know everybody wants to just write everybody off, but guess what? There has never, never been, KG, four undefeated teams. People are going to lose. Chaos is going to happen. A one-loss ACC champion should be in, in my opinion. And they never have. They've never not been. The ACC – when a one loss or better has never not been in. And so for all these people just to totally dismiss that is, is crazy to me. Um, but you have to respond. You've got to respond. You've got to totally turn it around. It, it's going to be fascinating to see what the rest of the year looks like for the Tigers. Well, and you when you bring up a one loss ACC champion getting in, you're obviously talking about North Carolina. I get that. We'll see what happens with them. <laughs> Either one. We'll see. Can I ask you one more question about the quarterback situation? Because we're not on ACC in right now. We're not, we're not on like a Clemson station here. I mean, we're just talking. We can say what we want. I, I want your honest opinion here, Matt. What are uh, honest thoughts to this question? What is the point of playing DJ for the rest of the year? Oh, if, yeah, we, we went there. If let's just say, because he is graduating in December and I feel like the whole plan the whole time was for him to be here for three years. Um, if you feel like he's regressed so much, which it's shocking to see what he was doing against like FSU and Wake and what he's doing now. So the argument might be, well, he's had two bad games. He can bounce back. But if Cade is your future, if Cade is going to be your guy next year and you've already clinched the division and you're probably not going to the playoff, I think we disagree on that a little bit. Why not play your future and give him a legit shot? Uh, I don't think it's fair to the younger guy probably to, to do that. Um, to Cade? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's not fair to put him in on the five yard line and say I, that's what no. I'm saying. I think that's not good either. I, I think it's it's just it's a real mismanagement how they're doing it right now. I think yes, um, that's kind of my so point I, with I that think question. You, I think you ride with with your guy, um, but again, if we get to Louisville and he can't do anything, I mean, you, you just have to do what's best for the team and, and what's best to win at this point. And so I think that I think that. People have kept have asked me a million different times about this leash. Uh, this guy's a dog. I hate this term. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, I, I think if he struggles in the first half, then he's done. I think it's over. And you, you put the nail in the coffin, and, and Cade is the guy moving forward. That's my point, though. Why not let Cade take reps with the ones all week? Why not have him start the game and not thinking he's going to get pulled every two seconds yeah. and not sit on the sideline for two and a half hours and then have to do this number, as you see him when he's getting warmed up, to go in there and you've been sitting there cold for two and a half hours. Just devil's advocate. I just think that he has – like, this wasn't last year. I know last year still exists. But legitimately, three weeks ago, he was the second-best sure. quarterback sure. in the ACC. And the first best is potentially going to win fair. the Heisman. And so it, it's just this – it is fascinating. I would love to sit down with DJ when this is all done and, like, talk to him just man-to-man and just go through – what has ha- what is happening throughout your career? Why are these different things occurring? It's baffling, and I don't think anyone understands it. Maybe he doesn't even understand it. Maybe at the end of the day, this is a kid's game played by kids, and there's real world stuff that affects you. And I, I just I have no insight to any of that. And it is a crazy, sure. crazy I get thing. That. It truly is. Same thing, KG. When I-, I can flip this thing around to another quarterback that I love in this league with Devin Leary. The unbelievable season that he had a year ago, all the hype coming in, he looks like half the quarterback he was a year ago to start this season. And the things that he struggled with going into this year, it's all the same guys. It's all the same receivers, minus Emeka Mezzi, which I know that's a big piece. But, he, I mean, he could barely complete a deep ball. So it's it's the hardest position in sports. There's so many different things that go into it. I just that that question that you ask is is crazy, and I'm sure that that's what the staff is considering. Maybe going back and forth, discussing it. It might be on the table. Um, I know we're sitting here talking 30 minutes about this one game, but I don't know. That's a that's an interesting thing to look at. But it it did kind of shock the college football world. I think. Yeah. Okay. No let's question. say Clemson loses to Notre Dame. Maybe it's not as shocking, but to look that inept offensively, I think was shocking. So we'll see. I'm glad that I don't have to make these decisions because they're very difficult decisions. And I wouldn't be right, I wouldn't mind getting paid a hundred million dollars to do it. <laughs> True. But you're right in that this isn't last year's DJ. This is this yeah. year's DJ who first half of the year was really good. So yep. it's just kind of a baffling situation. But you bring up Devin Leary. Let's move on to NC State Wake Forest. Number 22, NC State beats number 21, Wake, 30 to 21. A great win for the Pack. They're now 7-2. and two. They should move up even higher when the playoff rankings come out. And I think they're feeling great right now. What's You bring up Devin Leary and kind of his struggles, and then you go to MJ Morris. And, I mean, we both picked Wake, because, I think, because we thought Sam Hartman would play better and MJ Morris is still a freshman. MJ Morris was really good. And I mean, I could ask a controversial question about the QB situation at state, but I will not because I've been too controversial today already. <laughs> what did you see in this game besides the obvious of Sam Hartman throwing three picks again? Uh, well, I, I think MJ Morris is a bona fide superstar. Um, I, I think the game plan that they had going in for him was, was perfect. You know, just really kind of 
ease him into it, let him kind of get his feet wet, figure it out. And then at the the end of the second quarter, it was like, all right, game on. Like this yeah. guy's about yeah. to start balling. And the throws that he made, the anticipation, the patience, and then to have the ice water in his veins to end the game, you know, running the football and taking advantage mm-hmm. when he could uh, to, to really just close it out. I was like, gum! this is a true freshman. This is a young guy that got here four months ago, wasn't an early enrollee, got here in July uh, and, and has an ownership like this. It's easy to see why you know they're so excited you know, from NC State's perspective about the future and about mm-hmm. the things that he can do. So certainly things to, to clean up that he's going to get much better at. But you know, he, he saw weaknesses within this Wake Forest you know, defense, and, and he was able to take advantage of it. I, I thought the the run game had a boost with him, but also, you know, Houston able to to provide some nice sparks at times. You know, he had a couple of, you know, decently long runs there. Would love to see, you know, this offense with with big Demi Sumo getting back. Uh, hopefully that happens sooner than later and, and he can finish, especially against that North Carolina game at the end of the season. Uh, and then just defensively, you know, I thought NC State really tried to replicate a bunch what yeah. Louisville did, and they blitzed their tails off. They got home, I think, four times. They had three picks. I mean, the game plan is simple. If, if you can hit Sam and you can make him uncomfortable, that ball's going to come to you. And, and a, differently from the Louisville game, some of these picks were really bad. Like, it, it was short throws. It was bad reads. And honestly, these guys just tricking them. So kudos to, to the NC State team, a gritty team win. That's just what these guys do. And again, cannot give enough credit to that environment, those fans, and the coaching staff for the plan that they had for their young quarterback. And we should have never doubted you, NC State. The Pack fans showed up. I think <laughs> there's just a belief and a faith we had in Sam Hartman that at yeah. this point, you know, he's not living up to. And he had one bad game right. and now two. But Again, we, you and I debated this all last week. Was it one bad game or is that a game that can derail your season? And it seems right now it is a game that – because you're, that's your point about Hartman is two of those picks specifically that I'm thinking of were just terrible. One, I think yeah. you could say, all right, was he trusts his receivers a little too much because those guys are great receivers. Right. And he does right. put the ball in jeopardy at times. But two of them were just like, what is happening? And yeah. Wake, especially after the first half, I mean, Wake's feeling good. You just need to not turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. and. It, that's the Achilles heel right now for Wake. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's it, it's so like hot or cold. Like when it's bad, it's really bad. When it's good, it's really good. You know, for Wake Forest, for Sam Hartman. I mean, he he made those you know three really bad picks, and then he comes right back, not phased, and throws one of the best balls I have ever right. seen while escaping to At Perry. Where literally the way At had to adjust to the ball. The ball like hits him in the face as he's catching it. Like it was the perfect pass in the corner of the end zone. And it's just, it makes you scratch your head. But again, I just said it about DJ. I just said it about Devin. I'm saying it now again about Sam. It's the hardest position in sports. There, there is no position anywhere of any game that is more difficult than this because everything, why Riley Leonard loves it from Duke, everything is controlled right. by you. The attitude of the team, the confidence of the team, the play that happens on the field offensively. And so, it's tough, KG, and uh, we've got a lot of great ones. We've had some up and down play, but at the end of the day, it's it, it's a it's a crazy game, and it truly is one of the best in the world when you look at college football. I thought the other thing that really helped NC State is that they were able to run the ball decently well. Wade yeah. couldn't run it, 
and NC State to rush for 115 yards. I know that's they ran the ball 45 or 41 times, so it wasn't a great yards per clip. But <laughs> Not great, yeah. No, no, but but still, the fact that they didn't go away from it, like in in past years and last year specifically, and even in past games, they've given up on it. And I thought that was so important that they mm-hmm. didn't. And I do think you're right with MJ Morris being more mobile. It's opened things up a little bit for them in that area. Right. Yep. But just impressed, impressed with the grit from NC State. Yeah, and, and you know, again. Unfortunately, in college, you know, they, they sacks take away. So Wake Forest did a great job getting after MJ. They had four sacks, eight tackles for loss. So there aren't a lot of negative plays in there. So when they did run the ball effectively, uh, you know, it was downfield. They, they were able to do it enough to keep those guys honest to where then MJ, you know, could do it, really do it with his legs. I do want to also give a, a, a shout out to Isaiah Moore. You know, unfortunately, he yeah. lost his grandmother before this game uh, on Thursday night, kind of dedicated it to her, played for her, said he felt her presence the entire time, and he played inspired football. I mean, he was all over that field. And so, Zay, I, I probably won't see this, brother, but I know that your uh, your grandmother's smiling down on you, and that's a, a really cool thing to be able to do that and, and glorify her there. Love that you shouted that out, Mac. And we, um, I got to interview Zay at ACC kickoff and just really enjoyed talking with him. Super impressive yeah. guy. So shout out to State, getting it done. Mac, I think this final game of our big three here, honestly, we don't need to say much at all because Florida State, is one of the hottest teams in the country. And they, this is the biggest road win in the series history, I believe. They embarrassed, embarrassed Miami. If we think Clemson got embarrassed, Miami got embarrassed 45 to three. And now Florida State's ranked in the AP poll. They should be ranked in the college football playoff rankings. They already should have been last week, but whatever. I mean, Jordan Travis didn't even, like, he only had to pass the ball 12 times. I mean, they didn't even need him for a lot of the the latter part of the game. Just dominance, Mac. It it absolutely was. And, and I mean, it's still, it's so fun to watch this young man cook, Jordan Travis, and and the the ability that he has to push it downfield, make great decisions, three touchdowns, 200 yards on 10 completions, 20 yards per completion. This guy's just out there playing backyard football, just toying with these guys, and just a really impressive group. The offensive line has continued to play at a very high level. Cannot be, you know, more just proud of those guys. I mean, they literally yeah. were one of the worst in college football, it. you know, two years ago. And now they've just absolutely turned it around. They're making things happen, running the ball at an absolutely dominating clip. They're one of the best in the country. Coming up this week, we'll be there. We're headed to Syracuse. We're going to see the Knowles play in person as they come and try to take on the Orange. Syracuse has to figure something out. I know we're going to talk Ooh. about that in a second, but the Q's, uh, the, the FSU, excuse me, rush attack is for real, and they know exactly who they are identity-wise. No sarcasm at all. FSU's bowl eligible, which is huge. I mean, going into the season when you looked at that yeah. schedule, you had questions, and I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Now, uh, can you go in nine? Because right. that would be a yeah. massive step. Let's do it. Let's one small step for humankind, one <laughs> giant leap for the Knowles. I mean, come on. They have Syracuse, Louisiana, Florida. It's looking good. I know yeah. playing in the Dome is never easy, but the way that Syracuse is playing right now it looks good. Can I ask you a question that we seem to ask every November these days? Give is me. Miami making a bowl? Let me look at their remaining They've got here. Georgia Tech, yes. Clemson, no. Pitt. Maybe. Pitt at home. That's that's at why home? I'm asking. Oh. Uh... And Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And Georgia Tech coming off a win. I don't think they make a bowl. If Izzy Abanacanda is healthy, no. If he's not, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. I don't know. I don't know if Pitt needed him the way Hammond ran the ball. They didn't against Syracuse. They didn't against the 3-3-5. 
They, they, they did not well, need true. him. They did not need him. Then. I'm saying no right now for Miami. I think that team is done. I think, I think that's a just, safe bet. I think it's a safe yeah. bet. Okay, many more games to talk about, Mac. I know you wanted. Let's let's go ahead and hit on um, Louisville and UNC. I think those were the two other big games of this weekend that that we learned a lot from. Let's start with UNC. Number seventeen, UNC beats Virginia thirty-one to twenty-eight. Way too close, I think. If you're UNC, they didn't cover, <laughs> of course. But joy, joy. But this is what this UNC team does. I mean, even going back to freaking App State, they find a way. They know how to win. And that is something that you can't really measure. You can't put on a stat sheet. Yeah, the defense, they they struggled at times. Even the offense. Offense really struggled in the first half. But you go on the road and you win in a place that Mac Brown has never won. (laughs) I think you just, you know, keep winning UNC. That's the plan. Yeah, and I think that little piece is important because for whatever reason, KG, in this league, history matters like nothing I've ever seen. You know, Syracuse. Always plays Clemson tough. Never matters if that happens. Mac Brown can never beat FSU. Normally, that happens. Mac Brown cannot True. win in Charlottesville. It's not that all almost Mac, happened. Yeah. <laughs> that almost happened. Yeah, it's not. There's a lot of other things that, that occur. But those are the three like craziest things that always happen to me. And th- that was the case. And so it's super difficult for whatever reason. And you know, the defense is what it is. They're bad. That's just all it is. Second halves, they play much better. Kind of. We should mention that they've had some injuries. They've had some key injuries that have hurt them. It didn't matter. They were worse when those guys were in, KG. So, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't (laughs) matter. But yes, you're right. There are a lot of injuries on that side of the ball with Noah Taylor. I know he severely wanted to play in this game. He's out for the season. Desmond Evans, you know, probably their best defensive end, I guess, whatever that means. Um, You know, very talented young man, just statistically can't, you know, do much for him. Um, I'm, that was rude of me to say, but it's true. We're being um, so sassy. I know we are. But Mac, they won. They don't care. They, they won. Don't care That's all that matters. And Drake may show time and time again that he's one of the best, if not the best player in the he country. Is him. And, and I think when you look at it, KG, his running ability went for a career high, his throwing ability, the decisions that he makes. And how about Josh Downs? I mean, 15 receptions, 166 yards. Everybody in the state of Virginia knew where the ball was going. And none of them could stop it. It's just he's that good. And they have so much chemistry. It's impressive to see. So this Tar Heel team playing really well on offense, doing enough defensively, making some stuff happen. There is a lot of opportunity in front of them. And I want to throw out this little nugget. The 2014 national champions started at 16 in the initial poll. Mm, Carolina started at 17. Just look out. Just saying, crazy things happen. So you're crazy telling me that UNC is going to win the Natty in football <laughs> Over and Georgia. Men's basketball That's this crazy. Year. And uh, women's basketball, all three. Oh, watch out! The world would yeah. explode. It would. Oh my gosh, they're they're one of. I did see that stat. They're one of two schools right now that has a top twenty team in all three of those sports. Nuts. Them in Tennessee. Yeah, we do. Have, I mean, basketball's preseason polls. UNC has Wake next, which I think is very interesting because it's still mm-hmm. a game. Is that you, it? it's it's still Wake and it's at Wake. I think it's still a game you have to be worried about. They host Georgia Tech and then NC State, so it's it's yeah. a pretty tough finish. It is a tough finish. finish. If, it's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch. If they go undefeated, and they yeah. finish eleven and one, obviously, right. but if they go undefeated, Drake May will have played very well. I don't think right. one can happen without the other. Yes. And I think he's as long as he plays well against Clemson, he's in New York. I I have to believe it. I think come I don't on, think KG. you can argue against it. 
I don't think there's any question. There's no doubting. Yeah. And now, you know, it's fun. Everybody else starting to talk about it. I saw my man Dusty Dvorak's talking about it. He has him as his number one. Check Welcome to the seats. party, everybody. Welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually go back and see. I posted a short on our YouTube page of Mac talking about Drake May. And I want to say it was from like September 10th. Come on. So, come on. My Check girl dropping receipts all over the I place. Can I talk about the Louisville Cardinals for a yes, second real quick? Please. Because this is a team that has been the team of mystery. And you all know that. And I just want to say this. I did this Louisville podcast, uh, the the pink seats. I'm going to look it up as I'm rambling just mm-hmm. to be able to tell you guys the exact name of it there. But I did it with those guys. Ever since that game, ever since that oh. interview, these get from the pink seats podcast, check it out. Ever since I did that interview, Louisville is undefeated and has won four games straight and playing at a super high level. So once it was kind of known to the Louisville nation, card nation, that I thought you guys were the team of mystery, turn it on. I'm not saying it's all my fault. I'm not saying I get all the credit. But those two things do coexist. Uh, these guys are playing at such a high level, KG. And, and, you know, there was that first half, Team of Mystery was thriving and doing really well, and it was 10 to 10, and I'm just like, gosh, dang, and I knew this was going to happen. I said it was going to happen, but I didn't pick it. I didn't put my money where my mouth was. But they turned it up in the second half. They had 200-yard yeah. rushers. was super impressive to see them. Just the explosive ability of Tyon Evans is so impressive. He had 126 yards. One of them was a 70-yard run, so obviously that helps a, a ton there. Malik finally got on track, threw the ball for a touchdown. That's shocking. We haven't seen that in so long. My man T. Huddy uh, went for 142 yards, got a touchdown himself. And, you know, the defense, a second-half shutout. I mean, that's what you want to see. Super impressive. I don't believe any turnovers, which is very rare for this team. And uh, no sacks, which is also – or they had three – no, they had none. No sacks for Louisville. That's crazy. We just saw them have 100 sacks. They had none in this game. Uh, So to to see that, these guys are peaking – Really interesting matchup in Death Valley this coming uh, Saturday. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see. And we might have a uh, Cards guest coming on Wednesday. Oh. So a little hint there. A little hint there. I, I gave you too much. You guys, figure out, you guys figure out who it is. I'll give you one more hint. It's not an offensive player. First, oh, my gosh. You're literally giving everything guy? away. Is this our first defensive guy we've had? Yeah. Since Haba. We had Haba once. No, we had Haba. We had Shout Haba. out Haba. <laughs> Mac, you, this is so Mac. He's like, I'm not going to give it away. And then he literally gives out the guy's social security number. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> uh, but that, okay. Speaking of Louisville's defense, <laughs> that's what I've been saying the last two weeks. I, I think, you know, Malik is still a great player. They yeah. have weapons. They have guys that are emerging, but mm. the defense is the difference. And I think on this winning streak, the Louisville defense has stepped up and they've made plays and they forced turnovers and, you know, people were, JMU was a trendy pick and their quarterback Centeo has been really good. And I mean, Louisville shut him down. Like yeah. it wasn't even, he was, he was shut down. So yeah. shout out to Louisville for also kind of salvaging this season. I mean, they, Absolutely. they start the year losing 31 to seven to Syracuse. Now they're six and three. They've got Clemson, NC state and Kentucky. They've got a very tough remaining schedule, yeah. but I, this is a team that they're going to make a bowl. Obviously. And I think barring 0-3 and getting blown out in all of those games, I feel like Satterfield is good. No, Am he's I off fine. on that, Matt? No, no, no. Okay. He's fine. He's fine. Got a rank. He got a top 10 win. He's doing great. And yeah. I think it honestly just patience is a crazy thing. And nobody wants to be patient. We all just want to jump to conclusions. I'm guilty. I won't say I won't speak for you. You're not guilty of that. 
But oh no, it, just the, it. the world. That's what we, we, we just react. We we just want to go right now. What's yeah. happening? What what's the knee jerk reaction? To everything and you know, th- there's no question. Every time I talk with Coach Sad, he's just super pleasant, great guy, great coach. And at the end of the day, things just take time. And and I do reflect yeah. back. I can't remember who told me this. If if you told this story or if someone else did, it might have been Kelsey Riggs actually. And, and she said that you know Coach Brown came in that first year and he said, look. Defensive coordinator. He said, look, this is going to take a little bit of time. We need to get our guys. We need to get our personnel, get this scheme really in there, and then we're going to be fine. Because if you look back at some of those defenses that they had at App State, Coach Satterfield and Coach Brown, they were disgusting. Like, they were just killing people. Now we're starting to see that. Yeah, right. Now we're starting to see that. We're seeing that production. We're seeing those numbers. And if they can consistently do that, I mean, that that's – in this offensive world that we live in, that, that's a great way to stay in games, great way to win games. Not the first time I've been called Kelsey. Probably won't be the last. You're right, Mac. Okay, <laughs> let's. We've got three more games here. How about Georgia Tech? Now, I, I know the answer to this question: Is Georgia Tech going bowling? The answer is no. They have three games left. They got to win two. They have Miami, North Carolina, and Georgia. I think they can beat Miami, but the last two, I don't know. That being said, it's been quite the Brent Key and what this staff has done to salvage the year has been really impressive. And they go up to yeah. Blacksburg. They're down late. They have to rally. They beat Virginia Tech 28-27. Mm-hmm. They cover, praise the good Lord, and they get it done. I, and they get it done without Jeff Sims, which was really impressive. Yeah. It, it's just passion, grit, a little bit of luck. Yeah. And, and it's crazy to see you know these guys playing. And, and really the, the, the craziest thing to me is this Georgia Tech defense is so good-bad. Like it's it's just like there are things that I'll see and I watch and I'm like wow I don't know how many <laughs> other teams could do that then there's other times where I watch and I'm like man that's probably one of the worst things I've ever seen and so it's it's so weird the inconsistency that's going to be the biggest piece if if Coach Key gets the job or if they bring somebody else in is you have to eliminate that and I know it takes time and and your culture your beliefs your players but. You've got to get that going. You've got to get that done because at the end of the day, that's kind of why you know this league has been so inconsistent because of the play and things of that nature that just have to you know sure up and, and get a little bit better and just be be a little bit more consistent there, and you'll be in a really good spot. Good, bad. I love good, that, bad. Mac. Good, bad. Um, Virginia Tech is bad, bad, and I think they're <laughs> they're good two in quarters. They're good. A quarter at a time. There's just there's three other quarters that are playing. That doesn't get it done. And Eric Mack. They, they don't know that at times. I think Mac. They're going two and ten. I yeah. I don't think I actually think no, 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 no. They're losing to Liberty. Yes, but who are they going to beat? No, no matter. I, I think what, Virginia gets it done. No matter what, who are they going to beat? Okay, fine. Virginia. They go three and nine. Yes. They go three and nine. <laughs> I, I don't have much else to say. Again, with Virginia Tech, we've said shout out to those fans because they still keep showing up, and we yeah. love Virginia Tech fans, and we hope one day to talk about your team being good. But I, I we all thought this would be a bad year. I'm not sure I thought two and ten. No, no, no shot. No shot that I thought that at all. Uh, two more games. Let me roll through these real quick, and we can get these people out of here. They're tired of listening to us, and my wife is uh, no, tired not. of me doing this too. She's staring at me through a wall. Um, oh, when, no. when you look at uh, Syracuse Pitt, I mean, that, that was – Pretty much exactly what I thought was going to happen, KG. When Izzy was announced that he was out, which was literally two seconds before the ball was mm-hmm. kicked off. I hate the college rules. I, I wish that there was some type of protocol. It's ridiculous. Like Thursdays, you have to have who's playing, who's not in. That's just crazy to me that we do that. But, hey, whatever competitive advantage you need. Um, it did not matter. 
They ran the ball, ran the ball super effectively, tried to give it away with a silly trick play that I did not like at all because they were running the ball 100 yards a clip. Uh, but that that was the, the deal. And Syracuse has not figured out how to stop the run. We knew at the time that they were about to play Clemson, when they were ranked so high in the country, had the number one defense in the ACC, mm-hmm. you looked at that schedule, and it was 117th in the country. And that what was so telling. That, that's great that you did that because that's what you're supposed to do. You should have been 6-0, and maybe 5-1 and with that record. But it's the next steps moving forward. It's when you get into these bigger games, when you're playing these bigger opponents, a la ACC opponents, you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to stop the run. And they have not done that. And, and I think they're going to easily lose four in a row. I mean, Florida State's going to be much more effective, much more like Notre Dame. I would not be surprised at all if they run the ball 50 times, you know, against Syracuse up in the Dome this weekend. So they're going to have to figure it out. they got to get going. Um, and they just they, – they haven't. They haven't made any adjustments. They also didn't have Garrett Schrader. I think we have to mention that. They don't have their yeah. their leader at quarterback. He's still injured. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pitt, Pitt says, hey, we're going to run the ball even without a band to try to stop it. Syracuse right. has Sean Tucker, and they still won't give him the ball. So I don't, it's it's really baffling. By the way, I know you wanted to change your pit pick. I didn't. I gave you credit for the win. You see picks pit. <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you. I did change it at halftime. They got it That's done. crazy you saw that. <laughs> yeah. All right. The last one is Duke. Duke did not cover because Duke hates us. But, but they're they bowling. Won. That's and all I care about. They're bowling. They got the job done. BC scored late. I – Duke was good. I was impressed with Moorhead from BC. Yeah. No, I mean, he, this guy was deal. good, Mac. Yeah, he he's a big, tall dude. He's thick. He has a rocket launcher uh of an arm there, an absolute cannon. He's he's the future. And uh, you know, I think yeah. I think they're in a good spot. You know, just get that offensive line healthy. Zay, of course, is going to be gone. You're gonna be building from from kind of scratch there. But Riley mm-hmm. Leonard, I mean, just a freak of nature athletically. This dude just you had 60 yard touchdown runs like it's nothing. Um, so would, would love to see a little bit more explosion. Yeah, he, he's out there. A little more explosion Dunkin in the passing guys. game, you know, from Duke. But at the end of the day, they're winning and they're winning in a high, high clip. These guys are excited. They're playing their tails off. It's been really fun to watch Duke this year. It has. All right. That was the weekend. Mac needs to go eat. Um, I'm in Louisville. Tune in tomorrow. We got basketball and ACC and all day. I mean, today, basketball and ACC and all Massive day. day. Would love for you guys to tune in and then stay tuned for our big Louisville guest on Wednesday. Come on, KG. That's it from us. Another great episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go over to YouTube. Check us out. Rate, review, subscribe, mash that button. You guys have been doing awesome for us. These numbers are great. And also to the OGs over on Apple uh, Podcasts there. Continue to do the same thing. We appreciate you guys. Until next time, we'll see y'all.